Good morning. Hope your day and your week are starting off great. Uh, I know mine is. Uh, I've had a wonderful morning. It's been uh, just been a great time uh, today. Uh, you know, and some some prayer time with some people, um, and it's just been a great morning. Uh, so, so welcome. Uh, I hope you're hope you're having a good day. I really do. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Vincent Reem. A member of the staff at Unedited Life, and uh, thanks for for checking the video out. Uh, if you are on live, say good morning, hello. Oh, there's Tiffany, my wonderful wife. Good morning. Uh, glad you can make it on. Uh, so this week uh, we're gonna talk about something a little bit different than what I have been. I know I've been focused a lot on oneness and union with Jesus, and that's. Topic is not totally going away. We're just uh, we're just going to move into uh, some different things uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, last week we discussed oneness from the perspective of coming into maturity and being centered on others uh, rather than being self-centered. Uh, in addition, uh, that we are to empower people and bring them into spiritual maturity. Hey, John, glad you could make it on. Uh, so in in laying out the basis for spiritual maturity, uh, like I said last week, I wasn't able to find a specific definition, uh, but Paul does go into this into in 1 Corinthians 3. Hi, Angie. And uh, <clears throat> uh, But today I wanted to walk through 1 Corinthians 2 and discuss what Paul is talking about as it relates to reliance on God and spiritual power along with uh, wisdom and where that comes from. And so this chapter is revealing as it relates to your identity uh, and who you are as a son or daughter and as a king and a part of the royal priesthood. As kings, we carry authority uh, um, and, and power given to us by God. We were given dominion uh, before the fall, and we have again received dominion after the cross. Uh, we were made uh, into a new creation uh, that is indwelt by Holy Spirit, and we have access to our Father uh, that was only available uh, in the garden before the fall. Uh, and, and now we have his indwelling presence continually. And, and because we know after that we could only approach God, you know, uh, through the intermediary, which was the high priest after the fall, right? So uh, I, I'm I'm about to get pretty far off topic, but I wanted to emphasize that we are uh, kings, uh, and as such, we have been entrusted with authority, right, and power, and, and we don't want, uh, we don't want to just let that go. We need to, uh, we need to understand that, uh, at least, uh, by and large, it, you know, it appears to me that way that we don't, we don't want to necessarily always believe uh, the authority and the power that we have. Uh, or, or even make agreement with it. Uh, that can be hard too, uh, is to see it and then be able to make agreement with it and agree with, <clears throat> excuse me, the fullness of what was done on our behalf on the cross. And that's something we have to actually reach out and take hold of, right? We have to actually understand it, take hold of it, believe it, and then walk in that authority and power. And so I wanted to take a look at that in 1 Corinthians 2. And, and the major themes here are reliance on spiritual power, meaning that we're placing faith in Holy Spirit uh, to provide wisdom and revelation. 
<clears throat> excuse me, Paul used a focus on the cross and not relying on humanistic uh, understanding and knowledge, uh, reliance on God's almighty power and the wisdom of Holy Spirit, you know, reliance on spiritual power and wisdom from God. So let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, my brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. And Paul wasn't trying to share the secrets of God with, uh, with the people of Corinth in some fancy philosophical way or to engage in a theological debate. Uh, he kept his message very simple, right? Very simple, very basic. He deliberately kept it that way, uh, kept it the way in which uh, he chose to communicate plain, right? That was, that was deliberate. He goes on in verse two, for while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. That plain and simple message was focused on Jesus Christ, the anointed one and him crucified. The message says that Paul, uh, the message translation says that Paul first focused on who Jesus was and second, what he did, right? Rather than saying Christ and him crucified. Uh, so Paul says specifically, while I was with you or uh, in other translations among you uh, in speaking about his time in person with the church there in Corinth and that he was determined to be consumed with one topic while he was there uh, to know nothing among them uh, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Forget everything except, you know, these are the, the way it says it in the different translations, right? Jesus, the crucified Messiah, or Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right? That was the one thing he was determined to share with them while he was with them in person. And so a few weeks ago, we walked through all of Paul's vast qualifications uh, that would allow him to boast in his flesh and the things that he knew or, or did or uh, followed as part of the law all of the qualifications that he then said he regarded as nothing compared to the delight of experienced Jesus as Lord. Paul was throwing all of his boasting uh, into the trash, all of his, uh, his ability to boast into the trash, and he described it as a pile of dung. That was in uh, Philippians 3. So he could have pulled out uh, all of that impressive knowledge and dazzled the people there, right? But he chose rather to uh, lay out who Jesus was and what he did, keeping the focus on Jesus Christ and him crucified, right? So something to note here is that Paul had a real understanding of who it was he was uh, talking to and adapted how he presented the message of Jesus, right? He had a clear grasp of uh, the culture um, uh, politics, daily life of the people there and, and chose to maintain his singular focus, uh, with them, right? Because he says, uh, while I was with you here in verse two. So the overall message didn't change. Uh, the gospel Paul preached never wavered, right? But in order uh, for the people to understand what was done on their behalf, uh, Paul had to focus, uh, and speak in a way uh, that the people could grasp and turn into belief, right? So the focus is always on Christ and his cross. 
All right, starting back at verse three here. He says, I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but excuse me, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. All right, verse 3, the weight and importance of the message Paul carried uh, is, is what made him feel inadequate, right? Um, it caused him to feel reverence. It made him tremble. Right. I have water. Thank you. Um, Paul carried a singular message that that moved through his message, moved through the central element of Christ and him crucified. Right. And Paul wanted the power of Holy Spirit working through that message. Right. It was his resolved determination to forget everything else and to focus solely on Jesus. Right. Paul was not attempting to persuade people with secular arguments that uh, could be supported based on earthly understanding, right? All of that, uh, all that would have accomplished was to point people to Paul rather than uh, the power of Holy Spirit, right? So like it says in the Passion Translation, Paul wanted to prove the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. And in verse five, he says that God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by uh, trusting in his almighty power. He didn't want the people uh, then or you for that matter now to believe and put faith in fancy wisdom uh, of man. He wanted uh, them to have faith in response to God's power, right? I love that other translations um, start this verse with so that, right? So Paul delivered his message in a certain way so that your faith wouldn't rest on the wisdom of men, but rather on the power of God. And this is this goes back to why it's important to read other translations, check out other translation translations, so you won't miss the richness that is offered uh, in using other words and phrases. Right, the words that we use in the English language are often broad and have less meaning and impact than what the original text had. Our, our, our language here in, in English, it just doesn't convey the same message and the same richness that, uh, that some of the Greek words use. And so that's the reason to look at other translations. And don't be scared to explore and ask Holy Spirit questions as you go along and as you read through other translations. Right? It's, not, it's not anything bad to, to look at, at a different translation, regardless of uh, anything you may see or hear about it, or the person who was translating, just dig into it. All right, let's uh, let's continue on here in verse six. All right, however, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among among the spirit, spiritually mature. It's wisdom that didn't originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Right. This could also be translated as those who uh, have reached perfection um, when he's talking about being among the spiritually mature. 
right? He transitions here though with however in the Passion Translation. Uh, in other translations, it, the word uh, yet is used. And that's because he wants to take you from uh, where you are to rely, uh, which is on the almighty power and not on man's wisdom into what comes out of that faith. Right. So that's the transition he's making here. Uh, that is your spiritual maturity, wisdom uh, and God's plan uh, to bring us into glory. Right. The spiritual maturity is describing those uh, that have heard and believed the message of Christ, right? The message that Paul carried to the people in Corinth when he visited them originally, right? He goes on to say, uh, goes on to say where this maturity didn't come from also. It didn't come from the rulers of this age and the rulers of the age uh, are not just human governments. We're not only talking about human governments here, although this does include the political systems, uh, but also the rulers of the systems of uh, religion and the system of darkness, because we, we you will hear us refer to the, those as systems because they don't have kings. Uh, therefore, they aren't kingdoms, right? They, they have no king, they have no dominion, uh, and they have no domain. So another way uh, to say uh, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of is stated wonderfully in the mirror. And uh, it says the words we speak resonate revelation wisdom in those who understand how perfectly redeemed they are in Christ. This wisdom supersedes every secular kind. Suddenly what once seemed wise and good advice has become useless information. Right? So trying to improve your moral behavior through programs is it's an antiqu antiquated way of thinking uh, that has you trying uh, to add to the cross. Then this is the problem when we lean on the wisdom that originates uh, from from us, from man. Right. And so remember, God intended that your faith be established by trusting in his almighty power and not on man's wisdom. Right. And Paul, of course, had plenty of wisdom. We know that. Uh, he had plenty of wisdom, wisdom to share with him originally beyond the focus of Christ and him crucified, but he wanted them to uh, have a good spiritual footing, right? But, you know, that's not necessarily how we work. You know, we want, uh, we oftentimes crave the fancy jargon and the latest wisdom coming uh, from the person who's on the platform and the person who has the most followers online and our society is, is focused on, uh, on right now, right? Not understanding that there is a uh, progression oftentimes of crawl, walk, run, right? Uh, that we'll go through with Holy Spirit uh, as he offers great revelation to us. Uh, often we see, uh, you'll see that greater revelation comes at the expense of what you, what you thought you knew. And this is something we're kind of walking through right now is we thought we knew about a particular topic and we're, we're discovering that there's so much more there's so much more that can that can come out of that so what you thought you knew about something uh is oftentimes going to be kind of undone and blown up by holy spirit as he reveals uh new facets of everything basically so each time we reach that next level of glory moving from glory to glory we need to go back and begin learning, understanding, uh, opening up, 
uh, greater revelation, unpacking new gifts, uh, moving into greater wisdom, uh, moving into a greater wisdom than we operated in uh, at the previous level of glory. Right? We can't simply expect uh, to be frost, thrust into uh, uh, the front uh, when we aren't submitted. And this is a topic we've been talking about on Sunday morning the last couple of weeks is submission, right? So you can't expect to have uh, yourself put up to where you can just shine in all your, your wonderful brilliance uh, unless you're submitted because we're always submitting to something, just like you're always worshiping something. So what are you submitted to? Paul was submitted to the to God his entire life, right? In what you would say, intense submission. Yes, submit. Um, he was submitted to God his entire life in that extremely intense experience that he grew up in, studying the law, becoming God's best lawman. It was uh, in his experience on the road to Damascus that he submitted to the lordship of Jesus. Right. From there, he shifted everything toward the message of Christ rather than Jewish laws and keeping those through uh, through the uh, interpretations of the Pharisees. Right. So moving on into verse seven here, instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. So instead of going on about the irrelevant wisdom that comes from man, Paul and his his crew of, of people continually spoke of the wisdom that comes from God. Uh, and that was uh, hidden before in a mystery. So here we go, being brought into the secret plan right here. Right? A look behind the curtain behind that that vault door keeping things locked up we are brought into that so it was a secret plan that was uh we see crafted uh before anything was spoken into existence right a plan devised between father son holy spirit right the three of them in oneness yet still remaining distinctly different destined a plan to bring us into glory it's your destiny to be brought into glory. God had a master plan, capital M master plan, to redeem his glory in us. Wow, right? Come on, get excited about that. The master plan was the way our father planned to bring out the best in you and me. Right, That plan was set in motion before he released you into existence, before he spoke you into existence through his word. Verse eight, none of the rulers of this present world order understand it. For if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. I can't imagine that the world rulers here, it's is only referring to uh, the political and religious leaders of the day. Uh, but also, this this had to also include uh, the powers and principalities of the system of darkness, right? We can see these systems of religion and the system 
of politics at play here between the Jewish uh, councils that were, were controlling the religion there and the Roman politics that were also at play, right? They couldn't see that uh, everything was going to be set in alignment, a kingdom established under Jesus, right? The, the king of kings and, and us set up as those kings exercising dominion. Verse 9, this is why the scriptures say, uh, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Wow. That is just incredible. And uh, the reference that that's speaking to when it says, this is what the scriptures say, it's Isaiah 64, 4. Yes, exercising our dominion. Absolutely. But God now unveils these, excuse me, but God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things, constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for the person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but in the spirit of God, or excuse me, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. And I don't know, after reading that, how anyone could say that Holy Spirit no longer speaks to or operates through us anymore. I just don't know how anyone could say that. Right? How could you say that that Holy Spirit brings... Uh, what he brings went out with uh, the first apostles. So constantly, uh, who constantly explores all things, so constantly ended at some point. Uh, my understanding of constant is uh, it's not changing or varying ever, right? That it's continuing without pause, uh, regularly recurrent, uh, faithful, unswerving, right? Steadfast. Yes, we are possessed by Holy Spirit. Something uh, this that's something that does not or cannot change or vary, right? Holy Spirit is not satisfied to move lightly and skim along the surface with us, right? It's not just about just knowing enough or just being in relationship enough to get by, right? That, that's not it. Uh, he wants to dive into the complexity of God with you. He wants to expand who it is you believe that God is, right? He wants to increase your understanding of who God says you are, right? Holy Spirit wants to 
increase the revelation and wisdom of what it is that you bring to the table. He wants to open up the understanding of what table is waiting for you to show up uh, to with all that the Father uh, has gifted you to bring and all of the glory that he has put onto you, right? We didn't receive the spirit of the world system. We received the Holy Spirit from the kingdom, right? So that we can understand and experience everything, big and small, that grace has bestowed on, upon us. And all uh, that grace gave us in great amounts, right? Or the abundance of what grace gave us, right? That lavished on us, right? Right. These are the things that we are freely given by God, right? The things you have been given freely. So if they're freely given to you, you should be freely giving them to others. And you want to hear more on that? Pretty sure we talked about that last week on unedited chats. Right. To us, it's been freely giving, given. So we, we give it out freely. Right. And the, the wording for that freely given to you, then you should be freely giving them to others. That's, that's one of those from out of the ESV translation. So, you know, another good reason to get into translations. Uh, you're able to articulate uh, kingdom realities uh, through spirit-revealed truths and spirit-revealed words, just like Paul did. Just the same as him. You have access to the same Holy Spirit that spoke truths through Paul. But you don't have to rely on the platform person or the person with the huge uh, following to break open revelation for you. You get to do that with Holy Spirit. Like that's not uh, that's not their job, anyways. It's not the job of the person on the platform to break open those things for you. Those people present things to you, like what's happening here today. We're presenting things to you, and it's your job to meet with Holy Spirit and weigh those things. Right? If you are going to be effective in your kingship as part of uh, what you do, royalty, you know, and that royal priesthood, then we can't hold a mindset that connecting uh, for an hour or two hours on Sunday is sufficient enough to be impactful throughout the week. Right? If you're not exploring your uh, union with Christ and your oneness uh, with one another, right, then then your effectiveness and impact is diminished. Angie talked about yesterday uh, in, the, in the service about uh, submitting one to another. And when you stand next to somebody else, there's a sharpening that's happening because of what you bring and what they bring. Right. There's that sharpening that's going on when you're submitting one to another. So if you are, if you're only sitting in that time and you're only being sharpened, for one or two hours a week, you're missing out, right? 
your effectiveness and your impact is diminished. And I know that's that's a bold statement, but it is true. Uh, we are, are looking at our, our status as royalty and then shrinking back from it in fear that manifests itself in false humility. That's just crazy. It's insane. Stop it, right? Graham Cook's two-word ministry, stop it. Just stop hiding from... Uh, from who it is that God says you are. And I, I guarantee that who he calls you and where he calls you, uh, where he calls you to, it will be scary. Right. But he isn't, he isn't kicking you out of the nest to, to fend for yourself. Right. You have Holy spirit. You have the almighty power of God, right. The creator of all things to lean on, right. You get to draw on his strength and his wisdom. So tap into that daily, hourly, uh, as often as you think of it. Tap into that. It's available for you at any moment. All right, let's get back into this. Uh, Where was I? Verse 14. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. And they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God for Who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. Wow. Those who live in the spirit are able to carefully evaluate all the stuff and things, right? uh, That are subject only to the scrutiny of God. Christ Jesus is the one who intimately knows the mind of the Father well enough uh, to be his counselor. But because of oneness, we possess Christ's perceptions, right? Which opens up a new understanding of your transformed existence, uh, which includes your mind, right? That transformed mind. We have... We have Christ in us, and uh, more so we are in Christ, right? We possess Holy Spirit who is revealing the mind of Christ to us. And that includes his perceptions. Trying to understand the mysteries of God outside of Holy Spirit is uh, it's laughable to me, and it should be to you as well. How can we expect to have any glimmer of revelation uh without the communion you share with him, right? That's uh, that interchange of sharing uh, of thoughts and emotions, right? How can you expect to have understanding there? And this is how uh, you get to see and hear what the father is doing, right? And then from there, once you see it, uh, you get to implement that here on earth. You get to release what it is you hear him saying. You get to release what it is you see him doing. 
this is an exercise in faith, relying on uh, his power and wisdom, right? Exercising your access in uh, oneness so that you're able to uh, articulate kingdom realities through spirit-revealed truths and spirit-revealed words, right? That's Holy Spirit speaking through you. So I hope this caused uh, uh, some stirrings in you to run to Holy Spirit and explore your oneness and uh, what you bring to the table uh, from that, right? Yes. Release, release, release it on your people. Yes. Release it on your people. Yeah. Uh, and will not judge by what my eyes see. That's, that's good. Uh, I've got to look at something here. All right. That was the message I've been waiting to see here. Okay. So, uh, that's all I have for this week. Um, do have a big announcement though. Uh, this Wednesday morning, speaking of releasing, we're going to have, uh, Lisa, our re-Lisa, uh, on unedited chats Wednesday morning. You're, you're going to want to check that out. You want, uh, Really, I, I would recommend being there live uh, because if you have any questions or whatever you want answered in the moment, you're you're going to be able to get on and and interact through the comments. Ha! Yeah, <laughs> um, well played. So yeah, Wednesday morning, um, somewhere between eight thirty and nine Central Time is usually when we uh, hit go live. Uh, and we are going to have a chat with Lisa and uh, it's going to be powerful. I guarantee you it's going to be powerful. She is moving in a place right now of, of great authority and power. She is stepping in as a king, as an heir and answering the call that, that God is giving her right now with a resounding yes. And so we're so excited Um to just be partnering, partnering with her, with what's going on. And, and we want to share that with you on Wednesday. So uh, get on, check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. All right. Have a great week. Um, yes. Let's go, Lisa. Um, oof, I'm very excited for that chat. Uh, have a great week. Be sure to be there. All right. Go talk to Holy Spirit, right? Get sharpened by him. Submit one to another. Sharpen each other this week. All right. Love you all. Have a great week.